to see for yourselves one of the most amazing events. When is this great experiment made? Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It's time for the Beaky Drummy Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Rummy Podcast. Joining me today, Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Hello, Ryan. Mr. Lee Price. Hello. And Mr. Guy Halford. Yeah. How are we all this fine day in Birmingham? Where we all live. I mean, is it fine? It's very not fine. It's very moist. Well, it's not fine on the day we're recording, but it might be fine when people listen. That's true. It's a lovely shade of grey out the window <laughs> mm-hmm. that we can see. It's a Schrodinger's weather day. It's yeah. 50 shades of grey. <laughs> it makes the cranes look very nice yes. against the skyline. There's many cranes in Birmingham <laughs> at the minute. There seems to be a new one every week just popping up. They Multiplying. Like, like some invasive species. <laughs> And we're not talking about Cranes the Bird before you all start off on Twitter. <laughs> Keith, what have you been up to this week? Keith, I'm trying been doing stuff this week. Trying to think of all the things I've been doing this week. I did spend three hours and one minute in a cinema, which didn't feel like three hours and one minute. It whipped by pretty quickly, uh, which I was very impressed by. No loo breaks required. But then I don't really need a loo break because I'm, I can kind of like control my bladder. Was it inevitable? Was it Keith? It was inevitable. <laughs> yeah. um, I finished legendary uh, Halo uh, original today. Um, Is that part of the do. Master Chief? That's collection. the Master Chief collection. Yeah, the Master well, Chef Master collection. Chief's coming to Steam mm. soon. Which probably. which is ridiculous because <coughs> every other week it seems to need a seventy three gigabyte up- update, mm-hmm. which takes forever. Um, well, that's the latest South Park episode, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So I was quite happy that I managed to get Legendary on that. So now I've got to go through the remaining uh, four games that are on that set. So you've got Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo ODST, Halo Reach. No, I don't think Reach is on there. I think it's... It's going to be part of the new Steam version. Yeah. But I don't... Oh, no, it's Halo 4, isn't it? Yeah, it's Halo 4, which is quite good. So I'm going to try and finish those. It's quite tricky. Yeah. Um, And I was looking through some of the other achievements, uh, and the one was to go through the entirety of... um, Halo CE without entering a vehicle and I was trying to figure out there's some missions there that seem to kind of really need you to go in a vehicle so I'm not quite <laughs> sure how that you're going to do that last mission is pretty much you in a vehicle going ah! and you can't <laughs> sprint you can't sprint when you run as well no. it's like it's so it's so weird going back to a game from a few years ago where like game mechanics now allow you to do so many different things mm. to go well I can't aim Directly, I can't focus down sights. I can't sprint. I can't do all mm-hmm. really weird things. So it's quite a, a lesson in kind of um, how game designs changed in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Quite good. But I, I quite enjoyed it. It was nice. It was good fun. I think Halo's still got one of the best video game soundtracks. Silence. No. I, n- I know the main theme, and that's about it. Because I've never actually played the Halo game. So it's very good at being atmospheric mm-hmm. without overpowering. There was a description that I heard from. 
someone from outside Xbox who described the like the guitar part coming in feels like just someone running down a hill <laughs> in the middle of like a, a, a war with <laughs> just shredding a guitar. I, I think that is predicting Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> That's what that is predicting. It's a guy on top of some vehicle with some giant speakers going. There are part. This weird that first game though. There are parts of it that remind me a lot of like Commodore sixty four game soundtracks. Mm. Which is really weird. Yeah. Uh, just because it, it's not particularly orchestral, or it is kind of quite one note, um, mm. one instrument sounding. So you kind of imagine it being done on a like 16 bit sound chip. I'm thing. still very annoyed about how they nerfed the pistol in, Ma- in Halo 2. Mm. It was like the best weapon in the game by mm. far. And I can see Master Chief kicking ass with the pistol. Yeah, I'm only two missions into that so far, so I've got, mm-hmm. a, I've got a, f- a few more to, to do on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's, didn't take as long as I thought, um, but I did buy uh, a Night in the Woods, which I've been playing uh, quite a okay. bit, which Not is good. Heard of that. It's uh, it, it Finji, are the um, the publishers and the developers, and it's really good. Except for there's one part where you've got to play bass guitar in a band, and it's really annoying because I can't <laughs> do it. Because uh, I have to keep looking at the keys, and if I look at the keys, I can't see what's on the screen, and then I can get mm. mess it up, and it's really hard. Mm-hmm. So I've got to figure out a way that I can get four people, and everybody looks after one button, and we <laughs> do it that way. <laughs> I can't remember if I have that on Steam or if it's on my wish list still. Uh, but I know that it's it's like it's on it's on my list. It's it's a good game. It's it's weird because it looks all cute mm. and fluffy, but it's mm-hmm. it's quite um, oh, yeah. it's quite a, a mature uh, content title kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's quite cool, um, but that's that's good fun. I'm enjoying playing that as well. Mm-hmm. Lee, what have you been up to this week? Um, just like Keith, I went to see a particularly long movie. Is this your first proper Marvel movie? No, it is not. It is my third. Ah, so what are the previous oh, two? Sort of, yeah. um, the first Iron Man and the first Fair. Avengers. Fair. Um, so, surprisingly, wasn't as confused by it as I thought it would be. Um, I think there were like three characters that I didn't know. Um <laughs> Uh, so Don Cheadle, I had no idea who he was. I mean, no, no one has any idea what he's been <laughs> in. Okay. So, um, isn't he replacing the guy from Empire, and that the, was pretty much his job? Yeah. And then the other two, I did find out because someone actually told me who they were. Um, it was Scarlet Witch and Falcon. I had no idea who they were. Again, Scarlet Witch is cool, but Falcon again, not one to worry about. <laughs> like, we we know your opinions on Falcon. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but uh, it was it was all right actually. Um, there were definitely moments that I enjoyed, um, but I think my it kind of helped me kind of cement exactly what it is that I'm not too keen on with superhero media, and it's just exhausting to watch sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything's a big world-ending threat, and I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it, but Endgame is pretty much three movies mm. oh, yeah. taped together. Yeah, it felt like that because yeah. you got the first. It's basically each hour is its own movie. Yeah, it kind of does its own thing. Um, but yeah, like I felt like bits of it. Um, I did feel like I understood why in the final battle everyone kind of got their own cool moment, but for me it kind of dragged it a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like oh, now he's doing a thing, and now he's doing a thing, and now she's doing a thing. I'm just like, I get why you're doing this, but I have no investment in any of these characters right now. It's like um, those those bits in a concert where they go and let me introduce to you to the entire band. Yeah. Here's which is worse when it's like a metal band. <laughs> Let's John Smith on bass and. and- 
Tom Smith on guitar. <laughs> Here's Sticky Crashhead on drums. <laughs> he's going to play all 472 of the cymbals he's got in front of him. There's only one guy where I actually really enjoyed him doing the band introduction, which was when I saw Chesdy Hawks. <laughs> because his brother was on drums. <laughs> and he just started off a Twitter account. And he was trying to get everybody to follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Chesney Hawks' brother. I've got questions. Why, one, why did you go to Butlins? It was a lads weekend away. It was cheap. It was a 90s weekend. Two. We've spoken about this before. It was Chesney Hawks, E17, <laughs> and two out of 911. Wow. <laughs> uh, did you, did and you... then people as well. <laughs> no more questions. <laughs> I rest my case. Um... Ryan, what have you done today to make yourself feel proud? <laughs> Reminisced. <laughs> Anyway, Lee, back to you. Uh, Endgame. Yes. So, um, but I mean, there were definitely moments that I enjoyed. I, I liked Ant-Man. I liked Rocket Raccoon. I liked Thor and how they portrayed him. I thought that was... Uh, have they uh, started sending you the royalty yeah, checks yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think you do have a good case to sue. <laughs> yeah. And um, just, yeah, there were definitely moments, but I think it was entertaining enough sort of popcorn film, but I'm not really on board the hype as such. I have a question. Did you buy popcorn? Yes, I did. How was how was the seat? For you? How were the seats? For <laughs> What's, you? What was your cinema experience? <laughs> yeah, like, the, the my, seats? my my cinema experience was was very good because I went like at like two p.m. on a Tuesday, so it was quiet, um, and my popcorn fit nicely in one of the cup holders, so that was handy. How comfortable did you find the seating? Very comfortable. Um, did you have enough leg room? Yes. What was how loud was the volume <laughs> in the cinema? Was it too unbearable, or was it just the right amount? Of it sound? was it was the right amount of sound. Was it a two dimensional, a three dimensional, or a four dimensional experience? It was two dimensional because I can't see three D. Whereabouts in the cinema did you sit? Was it centre? Roughly the centre. Yeah. Roughly the centre. How many people were in your vicinity? Um, not many. Like immediately around me, there were like again, like I said, it was very quiet. So I think there was like a few people, a few rows ahead of me few behind me and that was about it did your bladder survive the entire three hours and one minute yes it did it was like right at the end where i was like now i need to go (laughs) but i was like if i just stay here for like five more minutes then the credits are rolling it'd be fine and then it was about 15 minutes but it's fine (laughs) did you wait until the very end or did you go while the credits were rolling i left when the credits were rolling because i I needed to go did your cinema ticket get ripped when you walked through the doors to the cinema were the cinema staff helpful to you when purchasing <laughs> a ticket? Uh, the the uh, ticket machine, it was from a ticket machine. Did, was the ticket machine, was it clean or was it covered in fingerprints? It was clean. <laughs> I do also know that the ticket price you paid, I thought was very good value. Yeah, that's why I went on a Tuesday, yes. because this particular cinema, which is near me, is cheap on a Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> it's extremely good value. Yeah. Was, was there a fairy meerkat involved in that cheap pricing? No. It's just that's what the pricing is on a Tuesday at that cinema. How would you rate your cinema experience out of ten? <laughs> <laughs> would you tell your friends uh, to visit the cinema <laughs> following up on your cinema experience? I would say a ten out of ten, guy. <laughs> Did you enjoy a tasty debrief post cinema? No, because it is not a cine world. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. Tasty debrief ain't there anymore. It was replaced by a guy called Ben, <laughs> who like Ben. 
Is it Ben, ben from EastEnders? Nah, Ben is Ben. I don't like Ben. Ben is <laughs> Ben gets up in the morning. It's woken up by an alarm clock, and he's really happy. And he goes out for dinner with some girlfriend of his. And then like, you know, like oh, you can get all your friends to sign up for this And he's like Hinston from the credits of his life, pointing at all of his friends. I don't like Ben. I think he's a bit of a yeah. I have a, I have a, a problem with a the name Ben <laughs> purely because of Michael Jackson <laughs> and the fact that he did a song <laughs> for a film about a rat. And the, and the the song was Ben. That went I this, thought it was going to be film. some Mr. Ben trauma in your No, Mr. Ben was all right. He was kind of cool, except he didn't turn into an astronaut enough. So that was kind of a bit disappointing. Um, so yeah, so he did a few. He did a few dodgy costumes. Really, there come some things you think, well, Mr. Ben, of all the costumes you could pick in the world, the chef one is a bit boring. Really, I mean, it does remind I always me love why. the crocodile costume because. When is that ever going to be appropriate? Why yeah. did he never dress as a gimp? <laughs> because it was 1973. It wasn't Quentin Tarantino's uh, Mr. Ben. Also as well, though, Mr. Ben is is very good. because it is, it is quintessentially the kind of costumes you get in a British costume shop. Like, you watch TV, <laughs> and in America, they go, I'm going to the costume hire shop, and they come back with, like, the most amazing costumes for every character in the world ever. You go to a British costumer's shop, and basically you've got either a, a super, maid super, or Sherlock Holmes. Or super well, jump man with fake, false moustache. Yeah, this is the thing. This reminds me of, like, there was a Halloween party I went to, and I just had to go to one of those costume shops, and there was a Beetlejuice costume, and it was, like... I can't remember what the name was. It was Scary like, Ghost Guy. Scary Ghost Guy or something <laughs> like that, yeah. My, my favourite one, see if you can guess what this one is. Drunk Pirate. Well, it's Jack Sparrow, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think this is a new game we've just got <laughs> to play later on. Do you think British costume shops. <laughs> who should they really be? <laughs> Do you think the, 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 the shopkeeper was spying on Mr. Bed in the changing room? Oh, uh, blatantly. <laughs> <laughs> he was streaming that footage on a... If it had been now, he'd be streaming that footage on a certain website. <laughs> talking of... Uh, talking ben co- Hub. <laughs> <laughs> talking of the, the buying costumes. So recently I've had to go to a masquerade. Ball. I'll talk about this. But we, I dragged you <laughs> pair around trying to find masks because I didn't get mine on time. Uh, firstly, we where, went. Where did you take me and my wife on a lovely tour? Well, first we went we... to the entertainer and Keith suggested I wear a black panther ma- mask. I mean, I'm not being funny. Maybe cultural appropriation, I think. Um, <laughs> I then... did suggest you resprayed it and like cover it in glitter or something. And then, and then uh, I took yeah, I took around and moved to a, a sex shop. Uh, not, not the computer exchange variety <laughs> yeah. either. No. And they suggested in there because they didn't have any masks. And because they're missing a T off the window, it's called a dull world. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they suggested that what I did was buy a blindfold from them and cut holes in it. <laughs> so it looked like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah, it was really weird. Uh, so eventually I was struggling to get a mask in time for the party. So I had to buy these cheap little animal masks that were made out <laughs> I, of paper. I still think you should have gone with a panda. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, I had someone had a spare mask to give me, but I would have had to turn up. Where everybody was wearing like these proper masquerade masks, I would have turned up wearing these little paper animal masks. <laughs> I've just realised now. I think from last year's ice, I'd got like a Deadpool um, sleeping mask um, <laughs> that might be knocking around somewhere. You'd have had to cut the eyes out, obviously, as well to be able to see through. It, I mean, I might as well just put one from the sex shop then. <laughs> Charles, it was so weird going to the sex shop. So man was like looking at the it, it the, ru- the rubber the rubber John Johnsons from the very quick glimpse I had when you opened the door it seems to be full of Phil Mitchells yeah <laughs> yeah I, 
So you you didn't go inside, no. Ryan, but you went inside. Now I imagine that inside one of these places, it still looks like the kind of place that Robin Asquith went to in the nineteen seventies. Yeah. Has, like, like, has it changed? It's like, Is there like there's like people everywhere. <laughs> Do they still show their videos on like a, a CRTV fourteen inch black and white TV or something? Yeah, in the back? yeah, 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 yeah. A dull world. Do you know what? I don't think I don't think I've been to a set shop since I last went to go and buy poppers. <laughs> <laughs> What have you been Sorry, up to this room week? Room odor. Room odor. Why was that ever a room odor? Why was that ever a room odor? That is not a thing. Like, if you open that up in your room and your mum walks in, like, she's going to be giggling like the rest of you. I swear to God. Like, the longer you left that stuff as well, like, I left a bottle in a drawer for, like, a year, and I opened it up, and my whole room, like, a bomb had gone off in there. It's horrible. <laughs> the weirdest stuff I don't, I don't even know why you to sniff it poppers I'll tell you a story about poppers off air at some point <laughs> well you it's can't not, say that it's not broadcastable uh, <laughs> what uh, else have you been up to this week then so yeah funny enough we, we meant, I mentioned the masquerade ball so I had to go to a masquerade ball for Laura's cousin's 30th birthday now we know in this room that I am a superstar DJ I am so good at DJing my sets are immaculate they're well thought out they're well planned they're always great tunes. We've all you been playing a- monkey at least once. Exactly. My ch- my DJ sets are so good that people put Kate Bush on and dance to it. That's how <laughs> good my sets are. Anyway, so I'm always going to go and judge another DJ if there's one on offer. Mm-hmm. You know what? What have they got? Can they bring the goods? Are they going to be as good as me? I'm never going to be. I wasn't into expecting it. live updates from you throughout the night. <laughs> <laughs> I always, but I always feel like like if I'm at the party. I feel like invalid now because it's like I see the DJ DJ and I'm like, well, I want to be doing it. It's my role to do the DJ. I mean, to be fair, I judge the DJ at every party I go yeah, to. Yeah, well, that's so. part of the joy of being at parties. <laughs> the DJ will always be terrible. No matter. Well, what hang on a minute, lads. <laughs> no, the DJ will all be, always be terrible, no matter what they play, even if they play the best set in the world, because that's what happens at family parties. Mm. You moan about the buffet. You moan <laughs> about the DJ. You moan about the travelling to the venue, you moan about the parking at the menu, you moan about the price of the drinks at the venue, and then you moan about the journey home on the venue. <laughs> and then fair. you sp- and then you message them the next day and say, thank you for a great night out. That is a British party experience. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. But it wouldn't be like that when I DJ. I've got a wedding to do later this year, Ryan, don't scare me. Um, <laughs> so anyway, like I walked into the, the DJ set, and like, you know, I've experienced a couple of bad ones recently for a second I thought you were saying you, got, you walked into the DJ booth <laughs> well, <laughs> you just muscled your way in the, the way it went I felt like yeah, yeah. Um, he started by I walked in first tune I heard was uh, Frankie Valley in the night it's a classic Northern Souls tune mm-hmm. it's a great song I'm thinking we're off to a good start here I absolutely love that song I'm thinking this guy's got the goods you know it might be on alright set here I've got some credit for him play Car Wash next not mm. not not a great tune, in my opinion, but again, it's a bit. People like it, you know. It's generally regarded as a great tune. Um, I like it. What do you think, Ryan? You know the answer. You know the answer. What do you think he might have followed Car Wash with? So the problem is, like you've set it up as like it's going to be something terrible that's <laughs> likely to be played at a party of that description. The first thing that comes to mind is Agadu. I mean, this is. A, I, yeah. I was going to go there. This yeah. is. A, this is. A, this is. A, yeah. A, say, but I'm assuming it's not. This is at 8:15. It's a 30-year-old mm-hmm. girls' birthday party. Mm-hmm. Two 30-year-old girls' birthday party. Some up from the Spice Girls. Maybe. No. Okay. Think. Think. Think 90s. Think okay. 90s. Top of the pop. Oh, no. Northern. 
and nobody really wants to watch them. Yeah, like one of maybe the worst northern bands of the nineties. It, it, it's, it's songs bought for dads on Dad's Day album yeah. compilations. Oh, oh, see, and now that doesn't quote. narrow it down. You see, it's not I, the quote. I'm, it's I'm not just... Queen. It's not a good band. Mm-hmm. I, no, I didn't. Okay, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you have it. This man followed up car wash. With, I can't even say it's that bad. Uh, <laughs> the beautiful South Rotterdam. What? <laughs> okay. my, my response to you in our live tweeting was instant damper. Uh, and like, I said, you need to move more to the 90s, early 2000s, TLC, Waterfall, get the girls mm, back on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's the sweet spot you hit. Like, I'm not against the song, but for a DJ set. No. I mean, like, I've played <laughs> some questionable stuff in my time. Like, I honestly have. But that... Like, mm. I, I started my DJ career by playing Grandstand, the theme tune to Grandstand. I mean, that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but but I approve of that. It's one of the worst songs. I mean, if you've never heard this song, it's literally a dull woman going, This could be Rotterdam <laughs> or anywhere, Liverpool or Rome. Like, no one wants to hear that! No nobody, one! Nobody wants to go to Rotterdam for the start <laughs> off. Does, I just, honestly... And then it just went downhill Sh- from that shall I Shall I recap some of the... the uh, if you have a full list? No, there's, there's <laughs> the, 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 one, the one thing that happened severely after that was he played Song 2 by Blur. Okay. It's a two-minute song. Mm-hmm. It's, it's blink-and-you'll-miss-it mm-hmm. music. He played it for 45 seconds. And then what, what? did he cut into? Oh, what did he cut into? I've forgotten. Ronan Keating. That's a yeah, what? Ronan Keating. Why would you do... on the coaster. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I'm that. offended by this by proxy. <laughs> and then, then we had Umbop into Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Never play Coldplay at a party. Nope. Or Coldplay in general. Live version of Rolling Down the River. Yeah, that was weird. You know, like the, the, the Tina Turner Rolling Down the River. He played a live version. It took literally ages to kick <laughs> can in. We, can we just take a little bit of a rewind back here? Because I've somehow now got distracted by the fact that, that the music you're playing at this this alleged party... I wasn't playing it. <laughs> wasn't, ...wasn't some seven-year-old's birthday party. It was a 30-year-old woman's masquerade ball. Yes. Okay, so for me, a masquerade ball... Symbolizes some kind of sophistication. Labyrinth soundtrack? A lab, yeah, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> something a little bit more kind of, you know, bit of Bowie, sophisticated, bit of, bit, of, bit of, yeah, so you'd pick some slightly more sophisticated, elegant songs, you know, mm-hmm. which be, yeah. this is just sounding like, this uh, This sounds like something that even Butlins would have gone, nah, you're not doing our Friday nights. I will leave you with what I meant said there was one before f- you left. There was one final incident I need to uh, talk Oh, about. yeah, he played Valerie. By both the Zootons yeah, he played... and Amy Winehouse Mark Ronson version. Yeah, he played he played both in the same like you don't play the same song twice, no. even if it's a different version. Yeah. But I mean he at points the other points where he got the dance floor going. At one point, like Laura and her sisters and the cousins were all doing the, the Wigfield Saturday night uh mm. Saturday night. I don't know what had to go, it was like proper Derry Girls sort of stuff. I mean um, that's it's a not a great it's song, a, but it's it a makes sense yeah. for the so Laura, Laura was desperately wanting to get me up on the floor. She thought, oh, maybe a bit of Madonna might get a guy up. And yeah, do you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't drinking. I was thinking, do you mm-hmm. know what? I'll go and dance to Madonna. He put on Like a Prayer. And you know like how Like a Prayer takes an 
ages yeah. to get into. So you know, like it's like you know when you've you got Madonna's. Fit, you could have fit in one of your loo breaks in the intro. <laughs> so you know, like when Madonna does her like her intro, like isn't yeah, it God, like, can you hear me? Isn't there like three verses before it even kicks in? Pretty properly? much, yeah. yeah. So you, but you got all the God, can you hear me? And you know, life is a mystery. You know, all the, uh, it doesn't kick into the and choir. Then, and then, and then it gets it. that bit where you ding 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 and then dun 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 That's it. That is it. If they know what have you done? You've just killed you. And then you put something modern on, like Drake. And it was like, what? There are, there are so many Madonna songs you could play instead. You yeah. know. Yeah, this yeah. hundreds. Was, yeah. This was my final thought of the night to Guy. Just have a mental image of you sat there whilst Karma Police is playing in your head. <laughs> and everyone is on the dance floor dancing to Mr. Brightside in slow motion behind you. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty much how it was. I mean, who cuts off Madonna? Who's got the audacity to cut off a Madonna song? Honestly, I, I don't know where this DJ came from, but he needs to go back to Rotterdam, if you ask me. <laughs> and what was your dress code for this one? Oh, yeah, everybody was meant to dress up really, really smart. I turned up uh, mm. in, a, in, a, in these pretty much dressed like this, but with a cardigan on. <laughs> <sighs> I've come about the rug. Were <laughs> 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 you drinking white Russians all night? Hey man, there's a beverage here. <laughs> it's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> Ryan, what have you been doing? Packing. Heat. No, I shall be... <laughs> I was going to say something else, I was going to say it. I shall be changing residences very soon, so packing up all my worldly belongings. And then we'll be moving soon, so I might not be with you for a couple of weeks soon. I'm going to have to leave you all alone. How will you all cope? Like, you'll get some vision of him now, like, you know, like, from the, like, the pack on his back, you know, like, on a stick, like, all gonna, like, like, music playing. <laughs> the end of an episode of The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Ryan Parrish has had to leave the Highway city. to heaven. Just yeah. wandering off. Just what was walk- it with 80s TV shows and people walking off on their own at the end? Because they were troubled wanderers who <laughs> came to just sort of But it was out. every damn TV show on an ITV on it. Saturday afternoon ended with somebody walking off into the sunset. <laughs> Apart from the eighteen, they got to drive away. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably an episode where Mr. T just walks off into the sunset. <laughs> Everyone else is on a plane. <laughs> but yeah, so not very interesting for me this week. Have finished watching Star Trek finally though. Well, my epic rewatch of Star Trek the original series. Last last half the last season was not great. Yeah, season season three is a bit ropey in parts. Yeah. So now I've started the animated series, which is great. Yeah, but your wife's happy about that. Well, I've also been watching The Expanse, which I binge watched the first season. It is fantastic TV. I mean, I'm that, really, that I'm really late to the game, but it is really really good. You I mean, see that the kind of. Is, is, a, is a thing that I've kind of been thinking about recently in terms of the popularity of other shows mm-hmm. and the fact that is it popular because everybody can just watch it? Because like 90% of the UK population have got Sky. Yeah. So they've got nothing else better to do on a Sunday at nine o'clock. So they end up watching whatever's on. And so because everybody watches it, it becomes popular. Yet there's Britain's something. Got talent. Be- <laughs> but there's something. Unbelievable. But there's something better on on a service that's like less known. I mean, obviously, you've got yeah. to stump up the money for Netflix or whatever it is. Well, that was the thing. Where infinitely better shows are being yeah. screened. Well, that was the like, thing. Well, Expanse was a sci-fi show for the first three seasons, and then they dropped it. Like, and now Amazon's picked it up, so it's now all on Amazon Prime, which is great. Yeah, because I have Amazon Prime, can watch it. But it means like there's another six months added on until season four comes out. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's quite. And Joe was just kind of really curious recently about the kind of very, very popular shows, and just like, is it popular just because it's, it's easy on. for people to watch it, and it's like much better shows elsewhere are available, but it's more difficult to find. Well, everybody at work keeps raving about Line of Duty and procedural cop dramas. Line of Duty, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah procedural cop dramas are pretty much yeah, not I interesting mean, to me anymore. I think Amazon's an interesting example because I don't think it's been screened in the UK anywhere. On like normal channels, but Into the Badlands, yeah, is um, solid show. Is is a great great show. I need to um, watch that. It's it's phenomenal. I mean, if you if you're ever a fan of things like Water Margin or uh, Monkey to an extent, it's not yeah. kind of quite as funny as that, but it has got moments of humour in it. But yeah, yeah. I, that's a great show, and I used to love things like Deadwood as well. Yeah, um, which were a bit <laughs> more tricky to to kind of find on TV. But I think you know it's, it's kind of weird. Is it like the title of The Expanse? Makes me laugh, just like Passage. <laughs> That's still not come to our British screens yet. <laughs> the Passage Mark. the passage has, it's been on. Oh, the Passage um, has come to Mark Paul's Gosselier's uh, Passage. Was was the Passage has opened itself up <laughs> to It was on British Fox. Public. It very quickly followed uh, a show that was on Fox, I think, pretty much as soon as one show ended. I can't remember if it was Walking it was, Dead. It was a quick, quick outing um, for The Passage then. Yeah, they, they quickly popped The Passage on. Although I did hear some interestingly good things about it. Yeah, well, well, you heard some good things stuff. about the passage. Well, the, the passage, book's apparently yeah. very well received, and they've changed a few things. Yeah, which they all want to do. But I didn't. See, what I didn't changed about it. the passage? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a passage viewer, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember talking about the passage on our trailer talk a few months ago. Um, Keith, did you, you did you say you watched the passage? No, I, I knew it was on because it was being advertised after other shows. So I was you watching. were aware of the passage. I was aware of the passage. <laughs> But I avoided the passage. Uh, what I, was it about the passage that made you avoid it? Were you were you maybe slightly wary of the passage? I, I think part was of the it passage was the fact you? that it was it, it had somebody who was once in a like a TV show about young kids, and like you know the whole kind of like what could they you know be as good as an adult actor? But you know, mm. so um, you don't think the sure. quality of the passage was going to be good? Uh, I was yeah, I, I wasn't impressed by the trailer for the passage. Did the, the passage, passage look too cheap and tacky to you? <laughs> I have no idea where I mean, this is what going. Looking, I'm bailing out now before it gets too bad. You're looking for a high standard passage, you know, <laughs> top of the range passage. HBO uh, passage. I like a, a, a well-constructed passage. Yeah. <laughs> Time to move on. Weird news. One news story for you this week. I'm rationing, wee little tiddler. I'm rationing our weird news. This is from The Telegraph. Ooh. The Telegraph. The story is written by Sarah Napton. Napton. No. <laughs> Napton. The title is Donkeys Hate the British Weather and Would Rather Be Inside. Studies Find. Studies? Who's studying it? <laughs> okay, okay, let's let's go let's go into this story in depth. This is by Sarah Napton, the science editor for no. the Independent. No, 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 no. The rainy British seaside holiday, replete with damp sandwiches, ineffectual windbreaks, has been a source of misery for generations of children. I have a question. Why are people taking damp sandwiches? Why are sandwiches getting damp? Put them in a proper cooler bag? What's going on? Or buy a meal deal? Why, why who's turning up with a damp sandwich? I don't think the sandwich is damp to begin with, guys. Oh, <laughs> I think it is the British weather that makes the sandwich. Yeah, but someone doesn't... Well, you don't eat in the rain, do you? You don't sit there like, do you know what? It's hammering it down. Have I'm just have you ever been to the, the British seaside? 
there will be a couple on benches <laughs> yeah. eating damp sandwiches. Statistically, though, Britain has been warmer over recent years, so it's unlikely it's going to be as damp at the oh, beach. Damp sandwich. Honestly, that sounds to me like something sexual. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't laugh at the ineffectual windbreak. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, that's why he was... I mean, I'm more likely to have experienced wilty sandwich from them being in a Tesco carrier bag on a coach for four hours. Oh, 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 like my mum's packed lunches. Warm crab paste sandwiches. Yeah, Prince's, oh. Prince's spread or cheese with, for some reason, I knew no better when I was younger, salad cream. Oh. <laughs> Did anybody else have that experience? Like, for some reason, you cream. ate salad cream and then all of a sudden you've just gone... Why have I been eating salad cream? My mom, it's quite foul. My mum made me cheese, salad cream and tomato sandwiches once. And it was, it's basically, I complained that much never again was the... Uh, was I, I never ate my sandwiches at school because the concept of sandwiches being wrapped in cling film, it, to me, is horrible, gross and sweaty. And I don't like that concept. Mm. Every day at school... God bless him. This is the only friend I still have left from school as well. I, my friend used to play football every is this, day. Is this the only friend who would still tolerate? Yeah, <laughs> like he used to play football every day. And me and some other group just would chip my sandwiches at him every day while he played football. And then hide his bag at the end of so the lunch. So did you just eat your wagon wheel and that was it? Did, wagon wheel. Does, does anybody know when, when cling film was introduced into the UK? I don't know. Like, I, you, know why, you know why people use it to lose weight? Because it makes you sweaty, just like it makes food sweaty. Because I'm trying to think, did I have my sandwiches wrapped in cling film when I was a kid in the 70s? Or was <laughs> it in greaseproof paper? I imagine it was greaseproof paper. <laughs> My chips, my chips certainly came wrapped in, in newspaper. <laughs> and they taste better than chips do and today. And you'd read the newspaper as you ate your chips, <laughs> would you? Yeah, if you were lucky, you got a copy of the, you know, some, <laughs> some <laughs> other newspaper. That, the Daily uh, Sports, was it? <laughs> no, this is well before newspapers. Like There wasn't colour in the papers back then. And, and now we just a bit, have a bit, to... A bit of stocking and skirt. <laughs> And now we just have to put up with the fake newsprint that you see on some in some places, where every story is about fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what was the story? We got sidetracked on sweaty sandwiches. Here. I shall repeat the original sentence again: the rainy British seaside holiday, replete with damp sandwiches, well. ineffectual windbreaks, has been a source of misery for generations of children. No, it hasn't. No, because most kids go on decent holidays these days. Only only weird kids go on weird holidays, like to Butlins, like you. <laughs> I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it was a lad's weekend away and it was cheap. But it's not just humans who are left despondent by the UK's fretful weather. Donkeys hate it too, a new study has found. <laughs> They're asking them questions around the beach, are they? <laughs> the animals, which were once a staple of coastal resorts providing rides for youngsters in the most inclement conditions, loathe the rain and wind and will dash for cover as soon as the clouds roll in and temperatures drop. No, what they loathe is little, little skidders <laughs> on their back getting carried around. Like, they don't want to be this screaming kid down their ear. The University of Portsmouth found that although most horses are usually found outside in all weather conditions, donkeys prefer to huddle indoors unless it's a bright sunny day. Equine behaviour expert Dr. Leanne Proops. No, no. <laughs> Proops. You're just making this up now. It's, it's in the article. How do you spell Proops? I'm guessing P-R-O-O-P-S. Yes. They're not wow. doing their... Co- you've, I've just saw that page, and the, the picture they've showed is three donkeys looking quite happy on a very sunny beach. <laughs> this is not don- helping their it case. It says donkeys like being outdoors in good weather. Credit Matt Cardi Getty. I'm assuming that's Getty Images. That <laughs> is that three donkeys and three wise men? <laughs> <laughs> three donkeys with three unwise children. <laughs> 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 
It's funny because children are unwise. <laughs> Equine behaviour expert Dr. Leanne Proops. <laughs> no, it's not a name. Said, it's not a name. Is there found, a picture of her wearing horn-rimmed glasses? <laughs> said, we have found that donkeys were much more likely than horses to seek shelter when it's windy, rainy or cold. I mean, what would be funny, everybody does that, whether you're an animal or a human being, mm. everybody is seeking shelter when it's raining. This makes a lot of sense when you consider the evolutionary history of each species. Oh horses are thought to have been domesticated in temperate conditions regions of Eurasia, whereas domestic donkeys originated from the African wild ass in the semi-arid regions of northeast Africa. How does this apply to cats? <laughs> this means that horses tend to be better adapted to the temperate climate of the UK, whereas donkeys are better suited to hotter, drier climates. They're trying to say donkeys are thick. <laughs> we hope these findings can be used by those who care for either species to better protect from the conditions they're not suited to. These findings can be used by no one because no one cares. So the scientific basis of this is we take a co- an animal from a hot country, so for example a tiger, stick it somewhere where it's rainy and go, oh you don't like that. <laughs> Researchers studied 208 healthy semi-free ranging donkeys. Se- why are they semi-free range? <laughs> Semi-skimmed milk. Sometimes they get in a cage. Sometimes they're allowed to roam free. Semi-free-ranging donkeys and horses in Somerset and Devon over 16 months where temperatures range between 33 degrees Fahrenheit, 1 degree centigrade, and 91 degrees Fahrenheit, 33 degrees centigrade. You can tell this is the telegraph because they still use Fahrenheit for a Why 208? You can't get an accurate percentage from 208, can you? Well, you think they're just going to shoot eight of them because there are too many in the group? Nah, just let them free in it. This is like one of those makeup ads that you see on TV where it says 20% of 52 women really like this product. <laughs> it, uh, it's, I don't know why the semi-free range either. Mm-hmm. I assume that means that they get to go outside when they want to. But when it rains, they have to stay outside. <laughs> the temperature, wind speed, rainfall, light and density and degree of harassment by flying insects at each site was measured. Degree of harassment. <laughs> Me too from flies. <laughs> How do you measure the harassment of flies? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, this has never been spoken. Dog, 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 you dog, smell. You, the flies come in and go. You stink. You're horrible. The oh, just like. <sighs> oh, this this fly's really harassing me. This one's tweeting me abuse. So I've had to mute him. <laughs> surely, surely, if the donkeys smell, then the flies would be would like them more. <laughs> depends. It depends what they smell of, isn't it? Really. They, they smell really nice, and that's why... They probably like, yeah. they could be using links. They're semi-free range. They might be getting access to all kinds nice. of deodorants. <laughs> I put some links on the other day. Laura told me I smelled musty. I wasn't sure whether that was good or not. Why oh. did I put links on, man? I realised I was in the school pee room. <laughs> I was going to say, did you revert to being 13 years old? <laughs> links Africa! I've got my Links Africa! Did you oh. get one of those sets for Christmas? I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> I always loved it. When like people like to try to compare which links was the best one, it's like oh, Java. <laughs> I've got the one that smells like chocolate. <laughs> it's like nobody cares. It's links. Overall, unless it's hot and dry. You were the one who had it's ones that smell like chocolate. No, I had Phoenix. <laughs> Limited edition that was. Overall, so, that, so there goes that sponsorship from links. Then. <laughs> Overall, unless it was you hot and dry. Sponsored by Brute. <laughs> Overall, unless it was hot and dry, Donkey spent a lot. 
a great deal less time outdoors rather than horses, preferring the sanctuary of a shelter. Little donkey. <laughs> when it rained, the donkeys were three times more likely than horses to stay indoors, and they tended to seek shelter when the temperatures dropped below 57 degrees Fahrenheit, There's 14 degrees centigrade. There's literally no story here. Yeah. Which is higher than the average annual British temperature in Britain of 46 to 51 degrees Fahrenheit, 8, to 8 centigrade to 11 centigrade. So in summary... There's a picture of horses in a snowy field with the caption below written in, Horses are much better at dealing with cold weather. <laughs> the caption better would have been better. So they could have done the same kind of survey by going, We've done a survey where we found, during the holiday period, donkeys are less likely to go to Mont Blanc for skiing holidays than horses. <laughs> we have some percentages coming up. A fresh oh to moderate breeze sent 61% of donkeys inside, but only 5% of horses. Whilst 9 in 10 donkeys he- headed indoors when it rained, but only 1 in 5 horses. So in summary, some animals don't like the rain. Dr. Faith Burden. <laughs> Fake Faith Burden. Faith Burden. Okay, okay, misheard that. Director and research and operational support at the Donkey Sanctuary. The Donkey, the donkey Sanctuary. The donkey Not to be mistaken by uh, for a Donkey Factory. Which owns the donkeys. Factory. Factory. <laughs> <laughs> which owns the donkeys used in the study. <laughs> Said it's interesting to see such a disparity in shelter speaking behaviour between the two species. This research validates our long held belief, she has faith in this, that donkeys need shelter from inclement weather. Is she a burden of faith? <laughs> oh, we... God, Rich. <laughs> I just saw the tumbleweed pass the room. What we didn't necessarily anticipate finding was that horses' preference to be sheltered from insects in sunny summer's months. With summer and fly season just around the corner, it is clear that each species requires shelter at different times and for different reasons. Oh, my God. We encourage all equine owners to consider providing appropriate shelter to their animals throughout the year so they can choose when they use it, <laughs> giving them the ability to manage their own sheltering needs. <laughs> I was, from when you went when you went seltzer there, I was thinking that they were going to have some cocktails, going to do some like you know soda fountains for their there, gin there and tonics. There are fourteen comments for this article. Oh, but the, the summary of this news story is: donkeys don't like getting wet. Yeah. Basically, yeah. donkeys right. don't like it. I'm glad though. When when Ryan reads these comments, I, I have an additional comment from somebody called Goodbye Mrs. Maybot. Nice <laughs> people hate the British weather! Exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> Great contribution, brilliant. <laughs> that, that's the top comment. <laughs> they would have had to log in to write that as well. From a Sharon Jagger. Did the study include? And Sh- Sharon Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> Did the study include? <laughs> Did the study include got, got the Philip Hammond, like aka Ior, which is Eeyore with only one E? Uh, the findings might even apply to him. Signed, Keith Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't know what's so funny. <laughs> I nice to meet you with the Jaggers. So Keith Jagger just sounds like a really fake name where someone just looked in a Rolling Stones record and was like, that'll do. <laughs> Stephen They'll Wimble- never know. Stephen Wimborne said, loved the donkey rides at Broadstairs as a child. On a related subject, and I suspect a serious age indicator, my maiden aunts were very concerned about pit ponies. Whenever we visited, we always put a jo- copper in the jar for the ponies. <laughs> <laughs> I took a dark turn. <laughs> Peter Humphreys has responded to Stephen Wimborne. 
Regarding pit ponies, there is not a lot of evidence to how they were treated. I suppose it varied from pit to pit. But the last surviving one, Tony, was age 40 at his death, so he did all right. Tony! <laughs> and Eric Heyman has replied to both of them with, Miners will tell you they were looked after very well. Oh, found the ex-miner then. From uh, Tim Fuego. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, okay. I'm from the Fuego family. And My first name <laughs> is Tim. <laughs> he's given us a joke. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> what do donkeys on Blackpool Beach get for lunch? I don't even want to ask. Half an hour, like everybody else. Oh Christ! Oh God! Oh. Why did he log in to write that? What 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 little did he have to do at work where he felt that was necessary to write? It does make me glad, though, sometimes if I follow those links that go to Telegraph articles, after I've read the first few lines, it goes, you need to pay now to read the rest <laughs> of it. I'm like, I'm not missing nothing on these uh, Telegraph articles. There are a few more comments we need to cover off. From Ian Cannon. Donkeys, you want to see our cat when it's cold or raining, raining straight inside for the warmth? I suppose that's because it still thinks it's an Egyptian god. <laughs> Eric Heyman has questioned, what about the mules? <laughs> yeah, what about the mules? Somebody please think of the mules. And Blaze Morris said to the donkey, abused by mankind for millennia. Are there any statues of this gentle and remarkable animal? <laughs> Probably. Aren't there aren't there kind of things about whether a, a donkey's actually a donkey as well? That there are donkeys that aren't donkeys because they yes. haven't got that star shape on the head. Well, there's donkeys, asses, donkey donkeys. and mules. Yeah, so there's a thing on that that's kind of interesting. But this is a good, this is a good segue into something that's bugged me for years. Uh, and that's, that's the... That's the uh, somebody, somebody's letting out the mic, somebody's letting out the moment here. This is the beautiful British uh, comment, lovely weather for ducks. <coughs> and usually it's said when it's raining. And yes. Under the illusion that ducks enjoy rain. Now, I've observed the odd duck or two in my time, and mostly, when it's raining, the ducks don't <laughs> seem that happy. Yeah. So where is the scientific survey with ducks to see, are they genuinely happy I about will, being out in the rain? I will counterpoint that with even more absurd British saying, which is, it's raining cats and dogs. Who was ever pelted with cats and dogs and thought, this is equivalent to heavy rain? I'd love it if Have a dog fell on me. and cats thrown at you. And... Oh my god, that'd be the cutest thing. And like, which? How are the cats and dogs together as well? Because surely there would be some kind of like, you know, the cats would be kind of sitting there, kind of going, "Come on, then, come on," and slapping Maybe. the dog around the head occasionally. <laughs> Maybe Vin Diesel and Jason Statham are fighting on a plane full of cats and dogs, and like, they're, you just they're, say they're... Jason Statham. <laughs> he writes for the Telegraph every other Wednesday. <laughs> Maybe they've just like thrown the cats and dogs out the plane by accident whilst fighting on a plane. I think that's enough weird news yes. for this week. Samuel L. Jackson stars Cats and Dogs on a Plane. We've ended up in a basement again. It's where we live. It's, it's a nice basement. It is a nice basement. It's full of Funkos, which cheers up a lot of people. It's almost like we're in that film, Kids in the Wall. <laughs> Although I'm quite intri- intrigued by a sign on the roof that says, Do not put books here. <laughs> on the roof. So like, does somebody web books to the roof? It's the it's the way that the the basement light used to be <laughs> is that it used to get stacked so high that it would crush the electrical cables that ran across the ceiling. <laughs> so people would keep on just putting stuff there rather than actually filing it properly. Behind the magic curtain secrets. 
Uh, so if you've not guessed, we're back in the basement of Worlds Apart Birmingham, as it is now. And it's Free Comic Book Day and Star Wars Day. It's I mean, everything it, day. It is Geek Nirvana Day. It is... It's like the com- the planets have converged. It's like Thor the Dark World, but good. I like that. <laughs> I like the Dark World. It's scathing. <laughs> it's one of the weaker Marvel movies. Come on. Chris Eccleston was not a good villain. Mm. Chris Eccleston's not good at anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even like Doctor Who and he's still my least favourite I've read stories about Christopher Elkinston so I'm not going to pass any judgement on him in case he listens at some point so I'm just going to avoid it he's him. a notorious geeky brother <laughs> podcast listener yeah yeah he tunes in every week he sends he sends us messages you haven't mentioned me again this week lads so as we mentioned it is free comic book day today Pete, as a member of staff here at the Amazing Worlds Apart Birmingham, could you explain a little bit about Free Comic Book Day for people who haven't listened before? So Free Comic Book Day is a day where the shop gets to give back to the customers. Um, we the, the, the shop brings in the comics at their personal expense, then it gets uh, handed out on droves in mass. Uh, and it's the, the comics themselves are either kind of preludes to stories coming up, they are reprints of some classic stories, maybe, or they are kind of uh, an issue that would combined with a current ongoing story that links it. So it goes from a, the, the free comic book could be a 0.5, so 1.5 to 2, and that little bit of story in the middle kind of brings that story forward. So it's, uh, it's positivity within the comic book industry. Yeah, I mean, one of the great things about Free Comic Book Day is you get a massive range of comics as well, so it's not just your typical Marvel and DC titles. You'll have some smaller creators like IDW, Dark Horse, Boom Studios. Some of the ones that are coming through now are Omnipress or have a presence here at Free Comic Book Day, and it's a chance for people who possibly haven't delved further into the world of comic books outside superheroes to pick up something a little bit different and get young readers in at the same time. Well, I think that's the angle, isn't it? It's... You can come in, and because you're not spending your money on it, you don't necessarily need a reprint of a, a Batman one that you've already got. You could go and pick up a, a Dark Horse comic or one of the the kids' comics and, and drive yourself in a, in a different direction with it and see where it takes you, and uh, at no personal expense. Yeah, Keith, you're a massive comics fan. Is this like your your day of the calendar which you always mark? Up? <laughs> it's a weird one for me because it's it's a it's an ad, it's an addition. Yeah. Because I, I kind of regularly buy comics anyway. So a lot of the kind of things that I'm interested in, I'm already picking up. But what I do like about Free Comic Book Day is, like Pete said, it's that opportunity to get somebody who maybe hasn't really kind of delved into comics outside of watching kind of comic-based stuff on TV or yeah. in films to kind of not think, well, you know, four quid for one issue that might be part of an ongoing story. It's a good way for people to just kind of sample something and definitely sample something outside of kind of the mainstream big yeah. two you know the fact that kind of the the valiants and the booms and the aftershocks and stuff have all got kind of books out there and there's books for older readers and books for younger readers and then this year particularly there's books for people that uh may be more sporty because yeah. there's a bizarrely a Cristiano ronaldo comic <laughs> out there uh which looks insane but quite interesting yeah as a wise man once said merchandising yeah (laughs) but i think the thing is is um is people need to look at it as a way of encouraging people to go into a comic shop sample something new but the 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 shop is um 
kind of doing this out of its own pocket. So yeah. the, the best way is if you do buy something or you do see or read something you like in Free Comic Book Day, go back to the shop and spend a bit of money there on some comics or some associated merchandise or something in, in such a way that it's you kind of like going, yeah, this was a great introduction and now I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Oh, this is the other great thing about today. This is um, Worlds Apart are winning one of their fantastic holidays as well, which is 20% off graphic novels as it's free comic book day, plus 20% off any pre-millennium comics. So anything pre-2000, you can pick up some back issues. There's some holes in your collection. And Worlds Apart do do stuff like this quite often. So even if you've missed it today, there is a chance to always come and pick something up. I mean, three for two on manga is pretty much a permanent offer. Yeah, as long as I've known or been staff, it's a long-standing thing drives the kind of manga interest within the city as far as I'm concerned because there isn't anywhere else that A competes or B offers the same value so you can go to the shops to get I mean you can go H&V and pick up like a manga or an anime book mm. but for the 15 quid you spend in there you can get two or three here and it, it, it's just it's economics and then you get experience on top with people who know the titles inside and out and know the history the richness Certain comic titles, I mean, Pete, you're a, you are the Batman guy in the store. I mean, Surfer Dave could probably give you six and a half hour lecture about Silver Surfer on his own. I think that's it as well. I think everyone's got their own specialisms. Everyone immersed themselves in the character that meant most to them or they're most identified with, whichever way the, lo- the love for that character came around. And it's not a preachy thing. Like, if someone walked up to me and said, Oh, I like Batman, but I don't know where to start. I don't don't go well. I like this because because it's not about what I like. It's what about the direction are you going to head in? So if you're looking for some easy Batman reading, you don't go for Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum. No, you go for something bright and shiny. You go for a Paul Dini something that's tied into the animated series because then it's not as it's not a heavy read. It's not a you have to love the character to get this thing. It's again, it's that pathway to where can we go with it? What can we introduce you to? that makes you come back through the door. And again, free comic book day, great time to jump in and possibly find a title that you'd never expect to pick up normally. Absolutely. Uh, He's flicking through his Cristiano Ronaldo one. As we <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, uh, it's, a, it's like Roy of the Rovers, that's where we should uh, be doing stuff. Roy of the Rovers, that, Roy of the Rovers, I think, preempted the, the change in football that comes next year, which is VAR. I think yeah. that they had a cartoon strip, it was like eight, nine years ago, where he asked the referee in one of the stadiums to look at the screen because he thought he was offside in one of his goals. Roy of the Rovers on on the ball, but and, and he's got a but, new book out as well. There's a new Roy of the Rovers comics out. Or if you fancy something slightly different, Rock of the Reds. Rock of the yeah, there's um, the lovely John Wagner. Who will be at not another Comic Con on yes, August third? Yeah. I think as a, if you're a comic fan already, I think what you should be doing on Free Comic Book Day is bringing somebody who isn't a comics fan with you to the store and introduce them to the comics or if you know a family that have got children that have perhaps not like read a comic before you should be bringing those people as if you're already a comics fan i think that's your job on free comic book day is to bring somebody who hasn't or doesn't somebody you might enjoy like that Marvel movies or the yeah DC movies. to go i'll tell you what come with me i'll take you to my local comic shop I'm going to get you, show you some free comics that you can pick up, have a look at these, and see if you fall in love with this hobby in the same way that we've done. Alternatively, as Free Comic Book Day has gone for this year, you could bring them to a comics-themed convention, maybe, and introduce them to the world of comics that way. Meet some of the creators, meet some small press people. 
Where could they possibly do that, Pete? They could do that at Nutton of the Comic Con, which is August 3rd, Aston University in Birmingham. But like, like we're talking about, if someone comes along because they've seen Avengers and they pick up an Avenger comic and they start looking macro and they see an artist or someone, like we, we have Al Ewing who's done Hulk. Yeah. If you love the Hulk and then you see his name on a comic book and then you think, that guy's going to be there and I loved what he did. Can I go and speak to him? Can I go and see him? Can I go and yeah. ask him questions about what was a lovely chap to go and have a chat with. He is. And it's just that, it, it's where can it take you? This experience, this, this breaking into... Uh, whether it be free comic book day or going to your first convention and you don't want to go to one of the massive ones with, with hundreds of thousands of people, you want a, I don't know, a junior or an introductory level to your conventions or your comic books. Yeah. These are the opportunities where you can step in there and start kind of immersing yourself within those worlds and, and ultimately wherever that's going to lead you. And again, the other joy of a comic convention is you're going to meet people that you would never bump into outside in the daily life. You'll find people who have cosplay, you can find people with common interests. It's a great chance to meet make it and meet new friends as well. Absolutely. I mean everyone is there for the same reason. There's no one who goes to a comic book convention because they don't want to be there. Like it's it's all inclusive. Everyone is there for the same reasons. They either want to buy particular issues of comics or they want to buy a particular merchandise or they want to meet a particular artist or writer or film guest, whichever is their motivations. Everyone is equal when you walk through that door. So you might be, uh, like myself, uh, uh, a mid-30s some odd guy who's got a Batman obsession that's possibly unhealthy, or you could be a, a, a kid walking through the door for the first time, or you could be someone in their 70s and 80s who've, who've had a world of comics, and you are all there doing the same thing simultaneously. You're essentially ruining the timeline. Yeah. like It's a paradox on <laughs> itself. But... Um, but yeah, everyone is there and everyone becomes the same person at the same time and that, that for me brings nothing but love and happiness and, and it kind of moves people forward with positivity. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier as well, it is Star Wars Day today, so it is May the 4th, the day we're recording this. But on top of that, is Star Wars and comics have got quite a significantly long history since pretty much the first Star Wars film came out. Uh, the Marvel Star Wars link for quite a long time. There's some great Star Wars titles out there at the moment. Darth Vader in particular. Keith, I know you're a Doctor Aphra fan. Um, uh, yeah, it's a tricky one that because I was a Doctor Aphra fan because I liked the Kev Walker's art that he was doing on that particular series. Yeah. So I've kind of slipped a little bit away. But I have toyed the idea of having a Doctor Aphra tattoo on numerous occasions, uh, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, strangely enough, recently I did pick up the Marvel Legends epic collection of those early... Um, Star Wars ones because I think when it first came out I was picking it up in Star Wars Weekly yeah. which was these um, British reprints yeah. and it's amazing how they've kind of all they had to go on at the beginning was Star Wars yeah. and so the kind of crazy stuff they've done after that is, is fantastic there's things you go this is brilliant you know, the, the, when in the first, first early issues there's like green bunny rabbits in spacesuits and there's some reprints of some crazy Alan Moore Star Wars stories that are like three or four pages long that I'd forgotten I'd, I'd ever seen, which is great. But yeah, comics and Star Wars are a match made in heaven. Yeah, and it's nice to see because most of that stuff, as you mentioned, is now in the Legends category of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Until they bring it back in and go, oh yeah, yeah. Thrawn, so, like, he's you're getting a new generation of canon comics here. That we can get with... another three films out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got this new generation of canon comics coming in, which backfills some of the story between stuff like Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens and other gaps in the series, which is 
giving you a richer universe and it's allowing stories that would never ever get a chance to be on screen otherwise is doing this through a comic book medium and get some Star Wars stories out that you wouldn't ever get a chance to backfill yeah, it takes it away as well from that kind of core su- su- um, Skywalker saga sometimes as yeah. well. You're getting some interesting stories of things that are going on elsewhere around the Star Wars universe, which is always nice to see. Yeah. But um, if you've never been to a comic book shop, go to your local independent comic book shop. Go and speak to the amazing staff there. And ours is, of course, Worlds Apart Birmingham, because we are Birmingham-based. But there's a fantastic range of smaller comic book shops all around the country. There's Worlds Apart Liverpool, there's Orbit Comics in London. There's, there's plenty of comic book shops that you can go and enjoy. Yeah, I think if you just Google local comic shop, and there'll be a few around that you might not know. There's yeah. little gems tucked away everywhere. Um, yeah. Like I live in Oxfordshire, Northampton kind of way, and there's comic connections in Banbury. And for the first like fifteen years of being down there, I didn't know it was there. Walked yeah. past it a hundred and one times, maybe with my eyes closed while I was walking past. And they've got a great back issue section, they've got all the new comics. They're not so much merchandise yeah. like the FPI stores would be, but their back issue section is monstrous and they've got Tens of twenties of hundreds of thousands of back issues for every character you can think of. You got Spartan Comics in Leamington as Spartan, well. Who yeah. do a little their own little Leamington Comic Con as well, which we yeah. went to last year, which was really nice actually to see something a bit different. Dan and, and Lisa are friends of not another Comic Con, so yeah. big shout out to Dan and Lisa. They always do. They did Spar Wars as well, yeah, which was uh, a great little kind of Star Wars theme event. So a big shout out to the two of them. They put on some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Pete, where can we find you when not at World Apart Birmingham? Um, living in a bus stop <laughs> on some cardboard. No, um, <laughs> um, I can be found uh, mainly through the Comic Cons social medias. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, the YouTube channel is in um, gestation. Yeah, we we are about to drop some content on there. So that's just being built up at the moment. We've got the website. Um, we're trying to kind of get ourselves in every place that we can possibly be so uh, show some support show some love share the tickets they're on Eventbrite Um, there's options on there that there's the different ticket prices but there's also if you just want to help us like there's a section where you can just donate I'm not talking from a charitable perspective like if you've got a five or anything well I can't make the day that kind of stuff goes towards us doing not only this one but another one in the future and you can kind of push local conventions, local people to to kind of move forward and still be able to compete and be alternatives to things like MCM and Showmasters. And you're looking for volunteers on the day as well to help out with Absolutely. crowd control few bits. Yeah, anyone who wants to come and help in terms of staffing, you can reach out to us on any of the platforms, um, any small press um, we've, we're trying to champion small press. We, the active aim is to have an equal amount of small press as we have um, mainstream creators, uh, and we have them all sat next to each other. So uh, a mainstream creator like an Al Ewing is sat next to um, a local creator like a Sammy Boris, where the footfall for the mainstream creator by definition is then passed on to the small press and that gets that person's art or writing or comics out there. It gets people known and seen. So we're trying to we're trying to be alternative and I think those kind of elements get left behind at an MCM. While a small press can uh, creator can still get to that show, it's with a lot more price and they're kind of shoved in a corner. Hopefully 
that that someone might enter in their comic village. We've got an entire room that is not a comic village. It's a celebration of comics from every aspect, from the artwork to the writing to the printing to the the networking element to it, and and it's how how the the listeners can help push that further. Is it? And until then, go and visit your local comics for get get a standing order set up. Get yeah. some comics on you. Wayne. Be like one of the people that were here today that I thought was the best thing I've seen in ages. A, a, a young lady who possibly might have only been about seven, six or seven, yeah. dressed like Ray, carrying around a stack of comics almost as big as she was. <laughs> uh, and that made me think, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. That, and again, you know, the if, next generation are, yeah. are getting into this in a big way. And if people are struggling to read comics, it can be a great gateway into getting people... Yeah, as a as a parent, read comics with your child. You can yeah. read the words while they look at the pictures. It's an it's an easy way to get your children engaged in reading, storytelling, imagination, creative play. It, you know, there's there's so much stuff you can do with it. Yeah, big thanks as always to Worlds Park Birmingham for letting us dwell in their basement again. Yes, we've definitely put no books on the roof <laughs> while we've been here. Might have put a few Funkos up there though. <laughs> Quite a lot of big TV shows are finishing at the moment, so we thought we'd discuss are we coming to the end of an era of modern TV viewing? And yes. is it changing? What's next? <laughs> next feature. Well, this was your oh, feature. <laughs> cool, move on. So we've had Game of Thrones finishing very soon. Yes. We've had Star Trek Discovery finish. Yeah, but that's not coming to an end then, is it? Yeah, it's coming back soon. Uh, Netflix seem to have this new thing of cancelling shows after three seasons as well, because Santa Clarita Diet's just been cancelled, which was one of their bigger shows. So it just feels like, are we coming to the end of what we consider is what is currently the biggest shows on TV? Well, you've lost some some big shows this year already, so obviously Game of Thrones ending. Mm-hmm. Um, you've lost... Um, Oh, we had the list here. I don't know. I've totally forgotten it now. Uh, so, rest of the development looks like it's come to an end. I'm obviously not a big show anymore, but still, yeah. you know, it's been a big, big. It was a cult, cult favorite. Um, you know, you've got you've got the Juice ending this year, which is a, another cult show. Broad City has ended this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that have kind of come to an actual end. The Big Bang Theory now has come to its coming to its end. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, think if it, like, if it feels like like. It feels to, like the 2010s era of TV is finishing. Yeah, so like the must-see TV shows now, like we're getting to an end of it and everything that's coming along is almost like never going to be as good. So it's going to be a pair limitation. Because we've got a lot of prequels and sidequels and sequels coming here. So we've got Frasier coming back after a, probably one of the longest breaks in TV, which I always thought was a very odd return. We're going to have the Game of Thrones prequel. We got Better Call Saul, which was pretty much Breaking Bad's prequel, still lumbering on. Is it kind of are we running out of original TV, or is it elsewhere now to be found? I, I think I think you know this has been a good era of television, and I feel like I, while well, we mentioned some of the shows, I feel like Game of Thrones is like now the the blast of the big essential shows. And I know you pair over there don't watch it, mm. but it's kind of like. You know, it has is, been water cooler TV. Yeah, it's like must see TV. You know, it's huge, a huge thing. And the fact that that is coming to an end. You can always tell when a TV show is really popular because people take pride in not watching it. Mm-hmm. But there's like there's 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 nothing almost to replace that show. So I feel like we've had all these big, huge hits. There will be cool, you know, massive things for years to come. So like Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know, these are shows people will always go back to for years to come. But 
now I feel like there's a lot of like imitators and not as good shows that have kind of started. And I feel like this era of television, I guess I started, started maybe the early noughties and it's kind of gone to about maybe... Well, so stuff about, like The Wire and stuff was like the last generation of great TV shows. I'd say it was part of this. I'd say like this from the mid noughties to maybe to maybe the mid tens have been, been like ten years of great TV and like things that started in those ten years period that ten year period are now coming to an end, and we're losing we're losing I, those shows and now nothing has started really from 2016 onwards, which I, potentially is as great. I think streaming has been the major effect of this because streaming has basically been the new version of cable. And now we're heading to where cable became 75 different services, all of them as a separate subscription, mm. which is where streaming's head to. Whereas Netflix, when it first started off, it was pretty much everything was on Netflix. Mm. So your subscription gave you the entirety of TV and stuff like HBO mm. was on there. And now it's all been separated out again. I do not believe that we're at the end of any, any era of great television. I personally don't watch some shows other people do I watch shows that other people don't and I enjoy those shows that I watch I don't think that the, there isn't good television being made I think there's a lot of good television being made but it's just not as accessible to a big audience Yeah, like, like the idea of Game of Thrones possibly a lot in this country is it's, it's on Sky Atlantic and, and a lot of people have access to Sky Atlantic so why a lot of the shows in Britain, that are popular are Sky Atlantic shows. It's, it's why it's, Twin Peaks went out in this in this UK. Things like True Detective go out on Sky Atlantic. It's paywall TV, though, isn't it? People are buying this TV just as a case of this is why you need us. But I think I think Sky Atlantic is a lot more accessible than stuff like Amazon Prime or Netflix. I think the other big issue that we've got is, and we've talked about it in the past. There's just too much. There's no way you can all watch all the good television that's out there. You're going to miss tons. It's not physically possible. No matter how many people on the internet appear to have a job, listen to a podcast, watch all the movies, and watch all the great television, it's not possible. There's too much content being made. But this is why I think we're not in a great era for TV anymore because there's too much. Because everybody is watching different things and nobody is online with the same but that, thing that anymore. Make, that doesn't mean there's not great television being made. No, what it I means is people aren't being discerning enough to seek out the good stuff and they'll just watch whatever's on. I mean, stuff like where I mentioned earlier, The Expanse have come to that really late into the game. It's already had three seasons. Yeah. But it's, it's one of the, the best shows that I've watched for a long time. I think the other big problem we've got is a lot of good television has been, sub, sub, uh, has been replaced by cheap, mm. easily made garbage. Reality TV is the biggest thing that has affected good television in this country in the last 20 years well, because every channel is running channel 4 for some reason literally every ad they run is for some variation of some garbage reality TV well, show ITV have got the ITV B channel just for yeah. that stuff so I think more than and anything the thing, else that's the, th- the big problem the thing that annoys me more about that is this reality TV is none of it is reality it's all scripted mm. Cheaply made dross, where it's all controversy made for controversy's sake. But people think this is real life, yeah. And it's quite disingenuous for them to display this as reality TV. It's like the Kardashian keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. That is not their real lives. This is a very glamour, mm-hmm. glamorized and glamorized version of their life in there. Which, which leads me to the other point I think about television is that people don't watch it to enjoy it anymore. 
people it's don't background. watch television to to enjoy it. They either watch it as background or they watch it to present a certain uh, look to other people. I wa- I watch this show, so therefore I am this. Uh, rather than just going, oh, I watch this because I enjoy it. I watch Question Time, therefore I'm educated. <laughs> I don't watch. I don't watch Question Time. So I think we're too, we're too splintered, and people mm-hmm. aren't, and and you know, people are too ashamed to go. Oh no, I actually quite like watching this show or that show or whatever it is. And I think we we can all embrace all different kinds of shows. And if you enjoy, because I like to watch a lot of cartoons, and I quite enjoy some great shows that have come out over the past twenty years. The shows are aimed at kids. Which I think are often better than shows aimed at adults. I feel like I feel like there isn't going to be for a while now these big essential shows that everybody knows of, you know, having this pop cultural impact. So there isn't going to be a new Breaking Bad for a while. There isn't going to be a new Sopranos for a while. There's not going to be a new a new Game of Thrones. And like but I do every f- TV studio is chasing that dragon. At no, the moment. Surely that's the problem. The, yeah. the, the problem is there shouldn't be the new Breaking Bad or the new Game of Thrones. There should be. A show that is whatever it is that we all kind of connect with in some way. But every studio is chasing that and everybody thinks that they got this next mm. big show. Mm-hmm. And that's also killing the market because everybody keeps marketing like this is the most essential TV to watch. And to be honest, half the time it's not. No, it's really not. Like there, there is. And it's like Tin Star was rammed down the entire UK's population's throat because it was the next big show on Sky Atlantic, and I don't think it's done very well at all in viewership over here. Everybody's watching something different, and then I don't know. It just, it just, it's just nice. I feel like for everybody, when there are these cultural significant shows that will be remembered for the test of time, like the Breaking Bad theory, the Breaking Bad theory. <laughs> now there's a crumb yeah. um, the Big Bang Theory okay it really it's deteriorated and deteriorated however it will always be part of the pop cultural world because everybody knows what it is everybody it's, is aware of it it's in syndication for eternity now yeah. so it will be on until we're for like Friends, it was a culturally impacting show. Mm. Frasier, things like that. Though you want, you know, The Sopranos. These are shows that people, you say their name, people instantly can think of characters from the show. They can think of things about it. And there isn't anything else on really now. Once I think Game of Thrones dies, I mean, Westworld's probably going to be the biggest show on TV. You might disagree, but I feel like that's got the shoes to fill for Game of Thrones now. Really, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing culturally like where he's going to be like. I know, I am fully aware of what that is. Even if I don't watch it, I am aware of what that is. I mean, I'm really hoping that the Good Omen show is going to be really great, but there's not much source material there, and it's Mm. going to be a one-off limited run. Mm -hmm. There's very little book series now which are out there which haven't already been done, which somebody could just take and run through like Game of Thrones, where they have that much source material to work from. I mean, but it's even the same. It's the same with some of British shows as well. We've not been really culturally significant British TV programs. Well, we've not really like... had stuff like The Office for a long while. No, you know, there's or nothing... even Peep Show stuff like that, which does mm-hmm. had a long. The in between us, you know, yeah. that you know, there's not things coming along that are like that where they're making that impact. And well, that's the thing now is BBC and Channel Four aren't doing what they used to do with comedy. Dave's taking up the slack with it, but they don't have the budget to carry on. But they're, try- they're trying, because they're trying to get the BBC free onto BBC One. Thing. But even so, that was solely done based so they could show Fle- Fleabag, cheap. which has come to, yeah. to an end as well. But that's, again, cheap stuff. And I know you're going to mention Ghosts, which yeah. is a great show. And, I mean, a couple of years back was Quacks yeah. as well, which was a phenomenally great show, did one season and then disappeared. But it's the typical BBC model of, we'll just try it out, and if it doesn't become an instant hit, it's dropped. 
because mm. we can spend more money doing a police procedural drama that will get us loads of column inches. Mm. I just I just feel like we're going to be we're going to be in another period now of like ten years where there's going to be a lot of shows. People are going to watch a lot of stuff. There's going to be a lot of great things. People are going to recommend. But there's going to be nothing that comes along that has like the wow bang of say Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones where everybody's kind of like. I'm fully aware of this, and this is huge. I think there's a difference between being aware of something and it actually being any good. Yeah, I think there's a there's a distinct difference between a lot of people watching it and it actually being good. But that's that's that's, that's not the point. I'm I'm guess I'm trying to make it that it it doesn't matter whether you love or hate it. You are aware of it, and I feel like we're going to be in a period where like people like people like have you seen um, this show? And people like no, I don't think I've heard of that. And we're going to be in a whole period of that where you just say, have you seen you know Ryan Parrish kills dragons the TV show? And it was like oh my god, that's the best thing ever, or oh my god, I'm so totally aware of what that is. Like, I'm kind of like I'm in a bit of a, 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 a between a rock and a hard place with this because I'm I, to, part I totally of me watch thinks, that show by the way. Part <laughs> of me thinks. Yeah, I do miss the occasions where everybody was talking about something at the same time. And I think that's got to, that's down to viewer habit. But I kind of also like the fact that I can just watch whatever I like and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And okay, I can't go talk to people about what's happening in it. But do I need those big cultural st- touchstone shows that I might not even be into that much? Because you, t- you talked about, I mean, Frasier I watched a lot. And I was a big fan of Cheers. I wasn't a big fan of Seinfeld. I wasn't a big fan of Arrested Development. I wasn't a big fan of um, Friends. I'd watch it because it just happened to be the only thing that was on on a Friday. But, but the thing is, we're making reference to those shows because we're all fully aware of them. But I think the cinema has now replaced this. So we're now, with stuff like the MCU, we are now used to having series of films, stuff like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. We're not used to having a film. We're we're used to having franchise movies. And I think those have kind of replaced TV shows in our in our heads of this is what I need to keep up with and this is what I need to keep watching one, the next one and the next one and the next one. But it's like, I don't know, because The Good Place, I thought, started to have that impact of a show that people were talking about. It was kind of going around... Um, in America for a while, then yeah. kind of ended up on Netflix over here, and then's been on a couple of channels. And I think that's building a bit of a must-watch type thing. Mm-hmm. Russian Doll, uh, which has started recently on Netflix, is another one of those shows that I'm just thinking this is just great TV, and people should be watching this. Um, but I just think it's that: how do people find a show? How do people know what's on and where to watch it and and, and I keep recommending you guys this show called Corporate, which is on Comedy Central in the UK. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of the funniest shows I've ever watched, and I think it's pretty much a modern version of The Office, but based in the US workplace. But it is, it's a great show. I really enjoy it. I really connect with the show. And it's a show that I've been quite evangelical about because I think it deserves more viewers and because I think it's buried on Comedy Central mm-hmm. on Now TV's How I Watched It or on Sky for the People people aren't going to come across it unless you're being very specific in telling them where it is. I mean, that's the thing. I don't really watch traditional TV. I don't really have access to any traditional TV. Everything I watch is online. Yeah. So something like Comedy Central, I'm just like, well, I can't access that. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the Netflix and your Amazon, and that's really... I think that we're entering the. I say that we are leaving a golden age of big TV and entering an age, an age of TV recommendations where everybody's got something they think is amazing that they're recommending to everybody, and not everybody has got the time to watch. So everybody's watching something different, and that may be a good thing, 
but I think we're entering the age of recommendations now where it's like, you've got to see this. You've got to say, because this is too much. Yeah. There's too much being made. And, and every show ends on a cliffhanger as well now, which is one of the most frustrating things is shows don't shows don't have a natural curve to them. Something like Babylon 5, which was planned out for five seasons. Mm-hmm. You don't get shows like that anymore. You'll get shows that will leave it on a cliffhanger, hoping they'll get renewed. I mean, like I guess, I guess what I'm... A point I'm trying to make in some like in a couple of weeks' time, we will do a Game of Thrones end of series wrap up show that is going to yeah. come. You two won't be on it, obviously, because you don't watch it. <laughs> we not not coming in now, that <laughs> solves that problem. Um, but you two won't be on it. But that I feel like to come in for us as a show, as a podcast, how are we all ever going to sit down and have a big long group chat about something significant? Something we've all enjoyed. When we all watch different things, we're not going to be able to do it. We're really going to struggle as a, sh- I think as a as a cult, pop cultural show, because everybody's going to different places. And you know, we've had this stuff for the few last few years where we've been able to talk about things that that have been quite significant still. But I feel like we're all on different paths now because a lot of big shows have ended. That we are going to all struggle to. I, I think there is an impact it's having. In a sense, what you're saying is right. But I still think there will be somewhere out there another crossover where everything will merge together into one show that that captures a, an audience. But I don't think that's going to be for like ten years or so. I think we're really someone. It's going to take a long time for something to come along, which is going to be huge. I, yeah. I reckon that something could just come out and surprise everyone and catch I'll, people's attention. I think, I think there's going to be lots of TV addicts yeah. hunting for the next fix, mm-hmm. and when they find it, mm-hmm. and when they share about it. That's when it's going to come from nowhere. Well, I mean, I already know that however I do it, I'm going to be watching The Mandalorian Yeah. in, in six months, eight months' time. But again, this is the other issue which I'm saying. It's another streaming service that we mm. have separated out here. But we might be lucky in this country, if they don't launch Disney Plus in the UK, we might end up with it on a, on a, another channel. It's like some of the, uh, I think, some of the Fox... Even though we've got a Fox channel in the UK, yeah. some of the Fox shows in America are now going to the BBC. Well, this is a, another issue that I'm seeing as well with TVs now, because you used to be terrestrial was the natural resting place for every single TV show. It's Eventually it would come to BBC or ITV or Channel 4 or Channel 5 or one of the Freeview channels a little bit later on. is Some of this content is never going to be available to the general public. And that that's quite a sad thing to know. But that's like being a kid in the 1970s and 80s when everybody was talking about these amazing shows that were on in America. And for years, you know, it was uh, message boards with synopsis of episodes of Next Generation or Deep Space Nine or whatever it is. So I think it's just different times, different ways, and I don't think guy's right when he says there isn't going to be another big show. Well, that's show. just like your opinion, man. <laughs> I, I think there will be something. There will be something that will tie audiences and viewers together again uh, and, it, and it will just happen nobody would have predicted Game of Thrones nobody would have predicted The Sopranos nobody would have predicted the ER Warrior. Friends mm-hmm. nobody knows what it's going to be because if, if you could do that they would be making it that's lightning in a bottle isn't yeah. it so. mm-hmm. and it'll just happen it'll be a natural thing and I think it will happen because I've been watching TV since I was a child and in that 50-odd years... I remember when it first been, started. <laughs> but there, there's always been the thing that everybody gravitates towards. You know, when I started watching TV, there were 
three channels, then there were four, then there were five, then there were 700, but there's always been something. I guess what I'm... Uh, what I'm trying to say is, so we we've lo- we're losing a lot of shows this year. It is feeling a bit like an end of an era, so to speak. Like I just feel there's not there's not a lot else on TV filling the void of of something essential at the moment. It's just it's just very some very very good TV, but nothing feels essential anymore. I think well, you're probably going to have like a bit of a transition before something else comes along. Let us just look forward to 2020 television. It's time to talk about something blue, furry, and very, very wrong. (laughs) It's crap. (laughs) It's the Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer, which came out a couple of weeks ago, and is already being redrawn because of the hatred it had online. Who decided giving a hedgehog human teeth, tiny eyes... No gloves. The funny th- fur. Yeah. It's a okay. hedgehog. Right, the fur thing. Um, Smash Brothers gave him fur, but they made it work. Like, because they did it subtly. Yes. But this movie does not do that. Um, I mean, all the memes I've seen about is how Jim Carrey is now just carrying this entire <laughs> movie up for his Dr. Robotnik. I, uh, that was so cringe, though. Like, what's your name? No! What's your name? No! It's like that is not funny. And I saw some no. reaction videos, and somebody was laughing. And when he was a bit ready, he goes like, "What's he saying? I don't care." It's like that is the most unfunny. Like I literally could not get over how cringeworthy that was. It, it feels like Jim Carrey's trying to be his '90s self, like in things like The Mask and Ace Ventura, but doesn't have the script to back him. Well, up. it's not a crazed young man anymore. He's yeah. a crazed middle-aged man, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Plus, he's not Robotnik. No. Like, at all. <laughs> he's not a very fat ginger person for a start. <laughs> there is that. But and just it, the personality isn't right. As I shared in the group chat, he looks like a combination between Sporticus and Robbie Rotten distilled <laughs> into a, a specific that genius, person. That yeah. was yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that they were shocked at the response to the trailer, after the response to the original kind of design that mm-hmm. they posted, mm-hmm. was a bit kind of... We knew this was going to go. Yeah, Everybody was the, waiting the, for this yeah. horror show to be in motion. The thing about this is, even before that initial, that initial poster came out with the silhouette, Sega had been arguing with the producers, saying, we don't like this design. Yeah. And well, it, it shows you how much creative control they had. Yeah. Because I bet you, with the Detective Pikachu movie, mm-hmm. Nintendo were breathing down their oh, necks yeah. every single day. Brush stroke was well. That would be with 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 Tech Picture. It's three separate companies that own Pokemon. Yeah, it's under the umbrella. We got the, of the Pokemon, Pokemon company. company. Yeah, and you can you bet that all three of them were like watching over the shoulders. Well, Nintendo are known what that yeah. we know what Nintendo were like, and they would probably like do it again. Well, why didn't do they do again? that with the Super Mario Brothers movie? Well, that was the funny thing because I actually did see a comment where someone said. Oh, Nintendo would never let this happen to Mario. And I was like, where were you 23 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Nintendo of America, not Nintendo yeah. of Japan, had done this one, basically. Yeah. But Whereas... at least Mario looked like Mario. Yeah. He did, he looked like Bob Hoskins. But this is the... What world of Bob Hoskins and John Leguiamo brothers, man? Like, come on! <laughs> this, this whole... The same world where Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Danny DeVito were twins. <laughs> <laughs> this this whole film smacks of the usual endeavour of somebody going, 
what what do what do people like? Yeah, they liked it thing. like twenty five so years ago. <laughs> when when people get hold of things and completely misunderstand what it's all about, mm-hmm. because. It's, it's designed to, by studio it execs to in a committee. Yeah, it's that was, designed that was by... captured by a group of people who had no under, no idea about what Transformers was about. It kind of happened uh, a little bit with um, some other franchises that people this, have got this on. Is DC, my, DC, yeah. The DC universe is... This is my big problem with any kind of lance, licensing. is basically, mm-hmm. if you're going to license something... Keep it true to the original character, because so don't, true. But don't bother licensing something and then take away every single shred of what made that character popular in the first place. I mean, just the story of this movie, where it's like Sonic is this alien that's come from space to save our world. It's just like that's not even in the games at all. It's like, well, what the hell is that? He causes a power cut across America. Yeah. And it's kind of like somebody has been through online and worked out how many people would have been like on life support machines yeah. or something. Like, like Teddy from Westwood is his partner in crime. The other thing with that Sonic thing, the way they did it, it was almost as if somebody had taken like an old Looney Tunes cartoon of the Roadrunner and mapped Sonic over the, a Roadrunner cartoon because that's the only way we can draw things that go fast. And I don't understand as well the final shot of the whole trailer that kind of promises a more realistic or a more accurate. Im- Sonic Universe with yeah. Dr. Robotnik's as he A Sonic look. Extended Universe. Was that an, incre- like, was that an in credit that? scene as well? Yes. Like, it's, That's it's really bizarre. weird. But then what I don't like then is the idea that the, 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 the directors and the producers have gone, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we're going to listen to the audience because that's happened all the time whenever yeah. anything's happened. And the idea that they're going to go, yeah, we're going to still get it out for November next in, in, in yeah. November. It's like, that's just nonsense. You know that's going to be a Korean sweatshop redrawing all that animation. Yeah, like, you're not going to get that done in six months. No. Because, I mean, if you, you've got to cut a month off that for distribution, at least. Yeah. Probably longer. And not to mention, like, all the rendering Somebody's time. doing 120 hours over exactly, time a day. Yeah. But the grotesqueness of the character is mm-hmm. what, what annoyed me more than anything else. Yeah. Mess with the story, because, again, mm. Sonic doesn't really have an origin yeah, story I mean, as the, such. The stories of the Sonic games are not... Great. <laughs> He's a blue and, guy and he uh, runs fast. And I will, That's ab- I, I will admit I've probably played yeah. more Sonic games than anyone else in this room. <laughs> yeah. But don't mess with the character. That that's mm. the killer of it. It's like yeah. why would you try and humanize a blue hedgehog that runs at eight hundred miles an hour? And of course he's got that cocky I'm so funny attitude. I've done this many steps there. No one cares. I mean little blue prayer. That's what the I one call- accurate thing about Sonic to be fair. He's got the DreamWorks smirk, which is what I call it, which is a little <laughs> side mouth where it lifts up in the corner. Although, like, oh yeah. Again completely accurate to yes. the character. And, like, and then like, he's going to be jumping up and he's going to be like, mega, bonus, <laughs> awesome, quality, Sonic. Made more sense if he'd been running around America letting birds out of cages as yes. well. Yeah. That would have like, made <laughs> Do you know what really scares me about this? So, are we going to see Tails and Knuckles? Well, we've already, oh, see, we've already seen, if you go online, you can already see what people have imagined Tails would be, which is <laughs> that terrifying um, taxidermy um, fox. That's the thing with the, Detective Pikachu movie, because this is where we're going to be comparing it quite a lot, is even if the Pokemon look horrifying, which some of them do, especially yeah. Lickitung, they well, still stay Lickitung. true to their character. Lickitung, Lickitung is a horrifying Pokemon. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It stays true to the character. Why make something yeah. horrifying and not true to the character the, anyway? The ones that are horrifying in Detective Pikachu are horrifying in the games. Yes. And the ones that are not 
are genuinely cute. Like Pikachu yeah. looks like Pikachu, and he's cute. And it's What's actually Mr. Like, Mime. Well, it's bumped Detective Pikachu up about five notches in my estimation mm. of how good this movie. I mean, be. to be fair, I wasn't interested in Detective Pikachu because I thought it looked silly when you guys sent me the trailer. But like, in comparison yeah, to Sonic, fair, it's yeah, like, yeah, well, actually, actually, they've yeah. done a good job here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was quite on board with that Detective Pikachu trailer when I first saw it. I thought this is this is quite. Mm. They seem to have got the tone and. Mm. and well, the apparently, the right. day the Sonic trailer came out, Detective Pikachu pre-order tickets went up by thirty <laughs> percent. <laughs> people were like, "Well, if I'm going to see." one video game movie ain't gonna be that one I mean does anybody need this film I mean the only thing that's good coming out of this is that James Marston's getting some work I mean I know he's been in Westworld recently which has been good for his career and I like James Marston and I like to see him in a film role guys I was in the X-Men yeah he really needs more like do do you remember me from 27 Dresses like I really like to see James Marston working because I think he's a great actor he's good in 30 Rock he's funny he's he's you know but not in this like I feel like he's better than this like if James Marston is better that's saying a lot really it makes me wonder if this film had been made 30 years ago and Sonic was a man in a costume. Whether it would have worked any better. Danny DeVito. Don't, don't, you, mean, don't you mean it would have been a uh, budget fancy dress costume from a UK outlet with a blue video game character written as the title? <laughs> It's just, it, I mean, like, did they wanted Chris Pratt for this because they did like there was a post yeah. leaked online, and, and the guy in the car looked surprisingly like Chris the, Pratt. The thing about that poster, though, is they had a different design for Sonic in that, and it looked so much better. Mm. I don't know why they didn't stick and with that. The voice of Sonic as well, oh, which what? I think is a good pick for the voice. Oh, is this uh, John Ralphio? John Ralphio <laughs> it is John Ralphio? <laughs> but he must be watching this trailer going, "This is the worst." <laughs> like I said that, that is my favourite image to come out of this as well. Is just it's got it's a screenshot from Arrested Development <laughs> of John Ralphio just saying that, and then you've got like Ron Swanson done up as uh, Eggman. <laughs> but uh, the whole thing just smacks of like. Bad decision after bad it, decision. It because smacks when it, when of puts, shameless cashing. When it puts the the, tra- the trailer dialogue up, yeah, and you go, and because I'm aware of of the fact that the American version of the Mega Drive was called the Genesis, where they yeah. put that whole thing, putting it in the trailer, <laughs> which excludes it from well, like seventy five percent of the world yeah. owned a Sonic. There was a big thing going on like, Twitter about are they going to just rerun that for the Mega Drive? Yeah, the every UK. hero has a Mega Drive. Actually, what well, we 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 haven't even discussed. The fact that the the bizarre choice of a slowed down version of Gangster's Paradise. Coolio must be like uh, I, I appreciate the royalties, I, I, but not the context. I did, did particularly enjoy it in a moment at the quiz the other day uh, after the quiz of it tour after um, I, away who does the quiz? Lovely Stu. Yeah, Lovely Stu. He uh, he'd been spending the whole of the quiz insulting the Sonic trailer, and he got to his music round, and Gangsters Paradise came up as one of the, <laughs> one of the things about him realizing the look on his face was just like, damn. I'm wondering as well is if if there's a group of very nervous record executives also going back to the soundtrack, going oh. <laughs> Okay, we need to take these songs off the soundtrack that was coming with this. Look, look, if you're going to use a rap song for the Sonic trailer, you should at least use Knuckles' theme from Sonic Adventure. <laughs> at least use a fast rapper. Why don't, don't use Coolio. What? Use somebody who's fast. That's all. Use, use, uh, use the old Casino Night Zone music from Sonic <laughs> 2. Who's that really, really fast rapper who was like. Oh, Twister. Twister. Yeah, use yeah. Twister. Use somebody like that. Well, use I something just... that fits the theme of the film, which is somebody who runs very fast. Or just go to like what's on the Sonic soundtracks in general and have like really fast 
butt rock. <laughs> butt <laughs> Which rock. is the best description for it. <laughs> but oink. I mean, the one thing I did, the one thing I did like about the trailer was Paramount swapping out the stars around their logo mm. for the I mean, rings and the little. And that was the best bit. That that is now that <laughs> just mentioning that has made me really sad as well because Paramount have been having a really hard time finding a, a, a good film to put out under their brand because <laughs> they used to do they used to put out some of my favourite movies and I'm trying to think now about the last Paramount movie that I actually enjoyed. Not this one then. No, you're I, not I holding out. I, I think I'll be, should take, be taking a hard pass on Sonic, even if they redesign him and really re-release him in 2021. We shall see what happens. Bling. Bought you all some gifts. Right. From the entertainer clearance section. <laughs> can I just? Can, can I just? Oh, no, I, the entertainer clearance section does have a Tron uh, glow in the dark Funko. It moment, is in that my, bag doesn't look big enough. It is in my sexy. Blue and there's some inappropriate <laughs> touching going on in that nature. That's why I said it's my sexy Disney Jungle Book bag from Poundland, which I purchased earlier for one English pound. For a pound, that ain't bad a bag. I'm troubled by that image now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think Blue is part of me too? Do you? I'm, I'm a bit worried about Blue. <laughs> he is the king of the swingers. The jungle? No, it's, is he the jungle VIP? That's Louie. Yeah. Well, ooh, he has the bare necessities. Oh, that's even which worse. Which takes on a whole new meaning now. <laughs> right, so it's a random draw. Oh, no. Lee, you can go first. All right. Don't grab the biggest thing you can find. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dabble I'm and squiggle. About this one. Okay, I'm going to go with that one. Die. Oh, God, no. I've got just the last remaining bit of crap in here. No, I've got one for myself. Right, Lee, you can Why des- is this wet? <laughs> Lee, you can describe yours first. I think it's because my packet was leaking. Um, right, so it's a squidgling pet. <laughs> it's uh, it says handle with care, cute pet inside. But if it's called a squidgling, I I don't. Um, it's in like a little carrying case, like it's going yeah, to the vets. It's got air holes in it, even though I'm pretty sure this is not actually alive. If it is, then I'm concerned. Well, what gets me, it's got air holes in the outside box and then it's in a sealed plastic <laughs> <Yes>. container. <laughs> uh, so we've got some... Uh, we have some pack- fake nesting. <laughs> How much packaging <laughs> do you need? So we have um, a, a fake pet box, a plastic box inside it, and then you have a... It's inside a wrapper inside, which is then wrapped in, like, weird... Nesting. Nesting <laughs> material. <sighs> I mean, it makes it look like it's bigger, though, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's luminous it? green. Oh, it's it's is, luminous green. What? what the <laughs> hell is this? So what I'm looking at is... It's half a green duck. It looks like... Well, if you say it this way, it looks kind of like a snowman without features. But then you turn it so that its, it's rear is, is facing us. Then it's got a beak and it's got eyes. And it That's looks like it's glow in the dark yeah, as well. Possibly it's glow in the dark, and it, it does not feel very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's leaving residue on my hands. Go <laughs> <laughs> on then, Keith. I made a serious error. You went for the, the biggest packet, which I, is never I, a good idea. Not. I mean, from the bag alone, if I ignore <laughs> everything that's written on it, mm-hmm. it does look what a bit like what Sheila threw up in Santa Clarita Diet. Um, <laughs> it looked like what Mike threw up in a Stranger Things. Yeah, <laughs> but then, without any kind of sense of... Um, 
remorse. The packaging basically <laughs> makes a lot about the fact that this contains a poo splat. <laughs> which is soft and squishy. You can grip it and throw it. Apparently you can shape it. Um, can, can I just talk about the, the toilet in this? Because it has eyes. Yeah. And the seat's down and the poo's on top of the seat. <laughs> uh, Somebody has weird. not learned how to poo properly. Now, this is, this is for ages five plus. But I seem to remember there was a lot of controversy when Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo, turned up on TV. Now, whoever pooped this out has serious dietary issues. <laughs> um, because it's, it's not pleasant. Does it have a name? Does it smell like crap? No, it smells like petrol. <laughs> Strangely, I don't want to get this near a naked flame. Does it have so, eyes? Because all the ones in the yeah, packet no, have eyes. eyes. What does it could throw it at the wall? <laughs> I think it's it was stain. designed by RMS exclusively for the entertainer, so this is not available anywhere else. Can I throw it? I'm I'm just gonna kind of squish it a little bit. Oh god! <laughs> oh, it's and... full of a fluid because <laughs> I've squished it. It's caused the membrane, which contains all of this thing, to just kind of, and it's see-through, and um, that is possibly the most unpleasant thing. It I've seems ever to have a, have a nipple life. on the top of it as you well. You can throw that if you wish, guy. It looks like a Hershey's kiss. Well, you're going to throw it at the wall to see if it's stuck. Don't throw it at that wall. I don't want. I don't want a stain on that wall. If it explodes in your office, <laughs> what about here? Yeah, no. Yeah, go on then. That wall. No, not that one. That one. The one behind you. Not hard! Oh, God, no, this is all going to go horribly wrong. And Ryan is going to be doused in poop. Oh, that's oh. gross! <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's H.R. Geiger's <laughs> nightmare. It looks like an amniotic sack stuck to the wall. Oh. That is horrendous. <laughs> oh, is it again? <laughs> no, because you're going to hit me in the face. Oh! oh. I mean, it, it's... <laughs> It looks like somebody's been out on the night on the town, and um, I mean, if you threw that in your toilet at home, you would shock a few people. <laughs> yeah, I think it looks like if somebody's pulled their trousers down, bent over ninety degrees, and fired it backwards. Yeah, you've not eaten a lot of roughage. Um, <laughs> Guy, open yours. Yeah. Come on, what have you got? Oh, some Jurassic Park faff. I can't, I can't get in the bag. As a side note, I've now learned that the weird duck thing that I have is called Drake and I, I also have a sticker now which says that I'm a certified squidgling owner. Nice. You can wear that with pride. Yeah. Could you take the poo off my wall? Guy, guy, do you want me to open your bag for you? Guy, guy's looking for scissors. Could, I'm, I am a bit concerned that I was going <laughs> to leave a stain on the wall. Uh, I will retrieve your poo. So if you could, <laughs> if you could grab hold of my poo and oh, um, pull it, it off feels, the wall, please. It, it feels so wrong. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh. That noise. I got a little dinosaur. That's cute. I'll give that to Laura for a gift. Thanks, mate. Well, that's a definite step up. Yeah, yeah. a little dinosaur. Is a Jurassic Park themed dinosaur? Yeah. Now, guy, can what you dinosaur tell us what is it? What kind of dinosaur that is? Raptor. Yeah, well done. Yes, you got that. Why has he got really gangly arms? Cool. I'll give that to Laura. Thanks, man. Right, I I seem to have got one of the better items. Of course he did. He knew what one he'd bang. <laughs> Ryan cheated. Uh, you all got to choose before me. I have a Marble Sumsum mystery pack from Series Four. So this might contain Iron Man. Mark 1, Daredevil, Thanos, Iron Man Mark 3 or 4, and some. And I have no idea which one that is in the middle. Tell us. Uh, 
Hella? Mm, no, Hella so doesn't have red glowy eyes. I mean, he was giving a kid Daredevil. <laughs> oh, it's anti-venom apparently. Anti-venom. Oh yeah. Okay. Rachel, open it. Oh. A cute version. So I have black cat with accessory. <laughs> <laughs> Just a black cat with an accessory. It's in the Marvel character black cat. <laughs> it's it's a very weird black cat anthropomorphic accessory. So did I do the best out of this little? I think you did. I think you did. I think your articulated dinosaur is the winner. Brilliant. <laughs> Big butt. Yeah. Apparently, like Big Black butt Cat too. is chunky. <laughs> uh, Keith, where can we find you online? You can find me throwing my poo on the wall <laughs> uh, and. Like a chimpanzee, so Dudley Zoo is where you can find me. Um, no, actually, you can find me online at hardluck underscore hotel on Twitter without the underscore, pretty much on everywhere else apart from various, um, you know, swipe left and right spaces. <laughs> Lee, where can we find you online? You can find me uh, heading to the vet to uh, get my squidgling checked for... Going to get it tagged and chipped. Yep, yep. Um, As a responsible owner. Yes, exactly. And then... Uh, when I'm not doing that, you can find me on YouTube at Bob the Pet Parrot, and you can find me on Twitter at the Cheap Parrot. Guy, where can we find you? Uh, Vinyl Guy H Instagram. Why am I worried that you're looking on the phone like you're going to say something um, as soon as I speak? Been back on Barn the Records, so there's going to be some good stuff posted. Um, curiosity Crate? Curiosity, Mixcloud.com slash Curiosity Crate, because that's being made again. There's a new episode up there as of late, and another new episode. Probably out by the time it gets released, so uh, yeah, listen to that for cool music that probably cost me a fortune when I came to buy it, uh, hence why I'm moving towards CD decks, because it's cheaper. Um, yeah. And you can find me... Uh, you can find Ryan Parrish uh, in Rotterdam, anywhere Liverpool or Rome, because Rotterdam is anywhere alone, anywhere alone. Or also can, sheltering from the weather. You can find me at Ryan Parrish on Twitter. You can find me also at Brimmy Gourmand. And by the time I've moved house and sorted stuff, I might actually start writing on that again. But you can find us all in the week, including our respective extra people that aren't on the show this week. At GeekyBrimmy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube.com, GeekyBrimmy.com, and anywhere else where you can find the words Geeky and Brimmy attached to each other. But for now, goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for my poo, Ryan. Ro- Rotterdam. Enjoy your poo, Keith. <laughs>